0: Hello everyone and welcome back to ReConnect, the official podcast for the Church of New Heaven and New Earth, or known as Shinchanji in Korean. Welcome back after the long Lunar New Year, a holiday here in Korea. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, many of our listeners are not based in Korea, but all over the world. Here in South Korea, we have this Lunar New Year, which is strange, right? <laughs> it's a big deal. It was new to me when I first moved to Korea. Yeah, it's a bigger deal in China and Taiwan, Mm -hmm. I'm given to understand. But you know, it's a major holiday for Korea too. So you have all the families just driving up and down the peninsula and the traffic is a nightmare. But due to the COVID situation, the government restricted gathering more than five people at once. So I was on the road and I didn't see a lot of cars. The traffic was still very difficult to sit through, but it was less than last year. Yeah,
1: Mm. (laughs) I saw photos of the traffic and I did have some Korean co-workers and other friends who went to visit their families, but for most of them, it was more of a low-key affair. Yeah, yeah, it was. Compared Mm. to to previous years, Mm.
0: yeah. Yeah, it's just not the same with the whole COVID. So I think everybody can agree that we want the situation to quickly subside so that we can return to our normal lives. Most definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So getting right into the topic now, I think we're starting to get used to this podcast. We are, although we did not introduce ourselves. (laughs) Oh, we didn't, right? Okay. At the beginning, like we usually do. Yeah, Hmm. okay. So this is TJ, for those of you who have come to listen to our podcast for the first time. And this is Ray. Yes. Okay, so now that introductions are out of the way, we can go into the topic. Let's do it. The topic of today is going to be about a word that we as Christians have heard many, many times, and even at times, used so frequently. And the word is holy.
1: Uh, ah, yeah. That's definitely a frequently, frequently used word. In what sense? So. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, my entire life as a mm. Christian, mm. Ho- holy is definitely something that I've, Heard used to describe God, Mm -hmm. or even just looking at my Bible and seeing the word holy, and and me growing up as a kid and not knowing Mm -hmm. exactly what that meant.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, we know that before we learned the Bible and came to an understanding of what God wanted in the Bible, I think for me, honestly, I used the word holy in different contexts just to have fun with my friends, using it as a combination (laughs) of different words together. I think you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I understand <laughs> where you're going.
0: <laughs> but now we're going to talk about what that word really means to us as Christians. Because like you said, Ray, we call God holy. And we say that the Bible is the holy Bible. What comes to mind when we think of the word holy? For me, growing up, when I thought of the word holy, I thought of
1: the image of white. Oh, <laughs> <Or> really? <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of, of Jesus being as, as white as snow, or his, mm, his blood yeah. washing our sins away as, yeah. as white as snow, mm-hmm. which is something I heard in in songs over mm. and over again in church, and so that was the image that came to mind. Just something that was pure, clear, clean, untarnished, yeah, clean,
0: yeah, pristine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, I went like a bit too far on that one.
1: <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. I
0: like it. Yeah, but I think we all think the same way when we hear the word for the first time because. We use it to characterize God and God's word, which is the Bible. But what does this word really mean? I think we're in the right direction, talking about cleanliness, purity, just like a very white as snow, as you mentioned in the hymns that we see. But what does it really mean? And this is what we're going to dive into. Not just because the definition is interesting to look into, but because of the implications that it brings to our faith. Hmm, interested? Okay. Hope you guys are. We're going to dive right into it. So let's do this. (laughs) Let's go. What is
1: the meaning of holy? Okay. I I think a lot of our listeners right now, if you're anything like I was growing up, you have no idea what the origin of the word, but it does have a root word, right? I'm no Hebrew scholar. (laughs) Okay. my, My language skills are a little bit limited. I'm still trying to grasp Korean, but... The word holy comes from a Hebrew word, "kadosh," And the definition means to be set
0: apart from. To be set apart from. From what? To be set apart from sin or evil. Mm, yes. To be set apart from sin and evil. And that is what God essentially is, right? Yes. Completely set apart from sin or evil. And that is why Jesus says there is only one that is good. That's our Father. So God is one hundred percent good, and one hundred percent good means that you are completely without sin. That
1: definition is very different <laughs> than what I may have thought about when
0: I thought of the word holy growing up. Well, I think as we said in the beginning, it points in the right direction: it cleanliness, does. you know, purity. But what understanding the definition does for us is that it allows us to eliminate that middle ground or gray area. Uh, that would have otherwise existed if we didn't properly understand the definition. Mm. Many people have different standards of cleanliness. For myself,
1: if you were to take a look at my kitchen right now uh, and maybe compare it. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> I, 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 I think I'm scared te- to see.
1: Yeah, I have a feeling that your place is a little bit cleaner than what mine might
0: be. Well, I don't know. You might be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I have a baby, so yeah. Everything after the baby's asleep, it's just like a battlefield. Everything's just scattered all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. You might
1: actually. You might be right. You might be right. But mm. I mean, one thing to think about is like growing up as a kid and your mom telling you to clean your room, right? And then you you go and because I, I don't know about you, but every Saturday, uh, mm-hmm. me and my <laughs> every, every Saturday, me, yeah, it was every Saturday. You wake up early and you cut the grass so that's what I had to do and then I had to also do my Uh chores in the house so my mom tells Uh me to go clean my room and I'm like, cool, I'm done. And then she always has to do her examination. It's not, my word's not enough. So she goes and checks it and she's like, no, it's not clean yet. So those Mm, are two
0: different standards of cleanliness. Yeah. 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 Two different standards of cleanliness and more. Mm. And this is why we say that it eliminates that gray area because the definition of holy is Being completely set apart from sin and evil, it means that you are in a state of 100% good. So there is no middle ground. There are no different standards. It's an absolute standard. So I think our listeners already learned something today. I hope. (laughs) (laughs) But the next question is, why does this matter? Because we said we were going to talk about the implications of what this word means to us as Christians and what impact it has on our faith. And this is very important. It matters to us because it is what God requests of us. Quote a verse, Ray? Sure, Leviticus 19.2.
1: God says, be holy for I am holy. God's standard is definitely one that is higher than ours because oftentimes you'll find that we make excuses for things, we have different standards of cleanliness or morality, and it's Mm -hmm. easy for us as people in general to have gray areas because of those differences, Mm -hmm. but not God. Mm -hmm.
0: But yet he's telling us to be holy like he is. He sets the bar quite high if you understand the definition of holy now. 100% good and without sin. I think before I learned the Bible here at Chinchonji, when I came across these verses where God tells us to be holy, I always had my own standards of morality, goodness, being a nice person, because I didn't have that understanding that holy meant 100% good. So I always let myself off the hook or thought to myself that I'm like, I'm a a generally good person. (laughs) So I think I'm trying to be holy. So I am in the direction that God wants me to be in, which is not wrong. But we have to aspire to the standard that God has set for us. And without the understanding of this definition, we may never get there because we will have our own standard of what holy is. But the next question to ask is, So what does that mean? God wants us to be holy, like He is holy. Immediately after reading this verse, what should come to your mind is the fact that we are not holy. If we were holy, would God ask us to become holy? It's a very simple statement and I think everybody would agree that none of us are holy or completely without sin for that matter. Mm -hmm. And that's what we aspire to do. But the default is that as Christians, our faith is predicated on the fact that we accept that we are sinners. And that is why we seek God's mercy and receive Jesus Christ into our hearts because he is the one who atones for our sin. So sin and being a sinner is our foundation. However, what we see here is God giving us a mandate to become like him, a holy being. Right?
1: I have to think about growing up and having my dad set standards for me. Thinking back now as an adult, there were never anything that was unattainable for me. So in the same way, God being our father, if he's setting this standard for
0: us, it has to be something that he knows that we can reach. Yeah, amen. Because in Corinthians, Paul tells us that God does not give us more than we can handle. So although the standard seems impossible, there is a way to reach it. Before going into how we can reach that goal, It's important for us to understand why we are unholy. Because think about it. How did God create us? What does it say in Genesis chapter 1? In his creation, it says God created man in whose image? In his image. And that's why in Genesis chapter 3, we see Adam and Eve, and they have that relationship with God. We see that in the Bible, God is among Adam and Eve together. But what happens to Adam and Eve? It doesn't last. (laughs) It doesn't last. Yeah, they they have this
1: face-to-face relationship with God, but they eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which God
0: specifically told them not to eat from. And before they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what state were they in? They were created in God's image. And God is holy, without sin. Do you think God would have created us with sin? Without sin.
1: If he created us (laughs) with sin, I'd really question that logic.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's only natural for us to understand that when God first created us in his image, we would have been nothing but good. But as we see in Genesis chapter 3, as a serpent tempted Adam and Eve, once they ate the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, focus on the evil here, what happens is they become mixed in being. 100% good beings are now mixed with evil. And let's ask a question here, are they in God's image any longer? Absolutely not. So what is the evidence of that, Ray? Well, if we look at Genesis chapter 5, Adam's descendants were made in Adam's image, not in God's image. So in the beginning, when God first created man, God specifically tells us that they were created in God's image. But if you see in chapter 5, this is the point after Adam and Eve ate the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And here, as you said, Ray, the descendants are born of Adam's image. Now, you may think it's only natural that they're in Adam's <laughs> image, right? because they're Adam's descendants. But it's talking about something much more, because as you see later on in Genesis chapter 6, what happens is God says he saw the world, and it was so full of sin. I, I remember reading that for the
1: first time, and I it sounds like it was, from God's perspective, it was like a deeply hurtful, emotional. I'm, I'm, it's it's hard to imagine being in that position of seeing that kind of corruption to something that you created.
0: Yeah. So after Adam and Eve became tainted by disobeying God and eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the whole world, as God saw it, became so full with sin that in Genesis chapter 6, God says he regretted creating us. <laughs> if you make something You put so much passion into it. And, you know, what does it take for God to say that he regretted creating us? And it says his heart was deeply troubled. So we can already see here that us becoming unholy is not something that God ever wanted. It's something that deeply hurt him. It's like the position of any parent who loves their
1: child, but they see them going in a direction that is not just what they didn't intend, but is harmful to them. Yeah. So imagining that kind of response from someone's heart, parent, seeing that happen, it's powerful.
0: Yeah. And in chapter 6, as God regretted and as his heart was troubled to see all the sin in the world, what we see is that God says his spirit will no longer be with man. This means that he will no longer be with man and therefore he will leave. And when I read this for the first time, before learning about what this really meant, I felt God was quite harsh Because if he really loves us, wouldn't he stay with us? So he walks out on us. But after understanding what the Bible really meant and God's true heart, we see that it's not God walking out on us here. It's us forcing God out of our lives. And let us get into this because if we understand God being holy and now us as human beings being in a state of unholiness, we understand why God had to leave. And let me give you an example. Uh, Ray, what happens uh, to darkness in the presence of light. It's vanquished. Ooh, okay. You like that that's one? That's a good word. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, a good that word. <laughs> yeah, because it's precise, you know. In the presence of light, darkness is vanquished. It disappears. And we see in the Bible that God refers to himself as what? As the light. And light is pure. As we see it, it's, it's bright. And that also equates to his state of being holy. And what about us? If we are unholy and unlike God, We are not light, but we are darkness. So let's just imagine in this metaphor here, what if God suddenly appears before us as light and we are darkness? As you said, Ray, what would happen to us? We would be vanquished. We would be vanquished. Mm. You know, we go back to Exodus and see what happened during the time of Moses and how the Israelites came out. They had so much evidence of seeing God. I mean, they saw all those miracles happen, you know, manna falling from the sky. Many, (laughs) many. Yeah, so many. The funny thing is they never saw God, right? They saw all his miracles, but Mm. they weren't able to see God. Only Moses did. And God says in Exodus chapter 33, verse 20, why they are not able to see God. It says that if they see his face, if they see God's face, they will surely die. What did you think when you saw this verse, Ray?
1: Well, it, it definitely put uh, all those times where I was a kid praying to see God. <laughs> it, definitely put, it definitely put a lot of that into perspective. It's like, no, mm. no, I don't mm. want to see that. But, but it, it, also, it, it also illustrates the vast difference between we
0: as humans in this state that we're in right now and God. You know, when I first read this verse, I thought, why is God making it so that we die when we see him? Is it intentional? Oh, really? Because it seems very authoritative. I was once an atheist. Mm. So I had atheist friends and we talked about this at one point. And we all we all said that, you know, God doing this, it seems too authoritative and makes it so that it seems like God is out of reach. And the supreme power that we can never grasp. It seemed like he he was putting himself up there intentionally. If I'm,
1: if I'm putting myself into those shoes, I can
0: see it from that perspective, yeah. But then understanding the Bible, you look at things from God's perspective and you ask yourself, do you think God would want his children to die when they see him? Not at all. What kind of father would want that, right? (laughs) It's not a matter
1: of God wanting to be separate from us or to be this authoritative stereotype
0: that Mm -hmm. he's often painted as, but Mm -hmm. he's actually in the position of a loving father. And if you understand God's true heart, it's not his intention for us to die when we see him. It's just the way it is. After Adam sinned, Mm. we are no longer holy. Mm. And in the presence of 100% good, and God's holiness as unholy beings. We cannot be there. It's just not possible how darkness and light cannot coexist. If we are in the presence of God and we have sin, we will die. This is what Exodus chapter 33 verse 20 is telling us. Even just hearing his voice, the Israelites trembled and they said, they felt like they were going to die. Just hearing God's voice. It was like the sound of dying. Exactly. Yeah, that, wow. God telling us, going back to Leviticus 19 too, telling us to be holy, for he is holy, is God telling us that he wants to be with us. It's it's something he's telling us out of love. Yeah, because if we are unholy, we can't be with him. It's as simple as that. And understanding this entire backstory of Adam and Eve and how they became unholy and therefore created that disconnect, right? This is why we have to become holy now. So next question logically would be, Mm -hmm. how? Yes, the question of how. How do we become holy? Because like you said, Ray, God wouldn't put the standard on us, wouldn't tell us to become holy without providing us a definitive method or a proper way to do so. Because if God really wants us to become holy, then he would surely tell us how to. And the answer is in the Bible, as you guessed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so rest assured, surprise. We have the answer. Yeah, we have the answer, which is good. So you don't have to worry. But before that, uh, before going into how we become holy or in another word, sanctified, just let's think about God's heart here, you know, as we talked about it already. But just being in that position where he created man and he, he said that he saw that it was good in Genesis chapter one, you know, he gave us everything. He says, be fruitful, multiply, you know, he gave us everything. But to see that corruption and perversion into sin because of disobedience, how would God feel? And now he's trying to reach out to us, telling us to become holy. The amazing thing is the entire Bible is God's attempt to making us holy again, because we see that disconnect, right? Because of sin, we are no longer able to be together. And God, through the Bible, he tells us to become holy and he provides us ways to do so. And that's what we're going to talk about for us to be with God. If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, it specifically says that God wants to live with his people. You know, you see in the Bible, I'm not sure if our listeners have listened to our previous episodes where we mentioned how God is hiding.
1: If, if, if not, they're yes, available. they're available. So go ahead and listen. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to pause now and go back and listen to those and
0: come mm-hmm. back to this, feel free. But we did talk about how God is one who hides himself. The strange thing is that in midst of all His hiding, he wants to find people who truly seek him. That connecting with 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16 here, God really just wants to be with us. And so when you hear the word holy from now on, what you should think is not, okay, that's just like a far-fetched word. Oh, it's clean. Oh, it's pure. No, it's it's God's love for us. He's crying out, saying that he wants to be with us. He wants to restore us to the way we were first created as holy beings.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. It's interesting because that's a perspective that I think was definitely new for me. The thought that there was a condition that we were all mm-hmm. in and the reason why we're not in that condition anymore, the reason why holiness is something that we have to obtain. I think for myself and i imagine a lot of our listeners, it's, it's hard to imagine
0: mm. being in that state where we can actually see God face to face. I mean, it's un- it's unimaginable, as you said. But the thing is, knowing that we were once holy, it puts things into a different mm. perspective, doesn't it? It does.
1: Because <laughs> if, it, if it's something that we once had, mm. then it's a possibility, the hope, that we can
0: obtain it again. Yeah. The word hope, yeah, I think that's said nicely. So I think something very crucial to our faith is knowing that we were once holy beings. As we said, mm. our faith is predicated on the fact that we are sinners, but we should at the same time know that we were not sinners in the beginning. God did not create us to be sinners. <laughs> that is
1: a detail that I think is sometimes lost. Yeah. And, and it shouldn't be. It, it should be a given.
0: So I hope all of our listeners understand what it means to be holy and how that affects us, how that impacts our faith. It's understanding that we were once created to be holy beings. And this is why God is telling us right. throughout the Bible, not just in Leviticus, to be holy because he is holy. Because we are essentially his children. Are we not? Most definitely. So we circle back to the question of how. <laughs> Sorry to our listeners for that detour, but we haven't forgotten.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so yes, okay. So yeah, I'm imagining that some of our listeners right now are screaming, how? Yes. <laughs> how? Yes, you. We've we've talked a lot about the definitions of holiness, of what it means to be holy, why God wants us mm-hmm. to be holy. And, and it's been some... Awesome, powerful stuff. And and I hopefully our listeners who are continuing right now are have some, some awesome things
0: to actually reflect on later. But how do we become holy? Mm, and as, as we said, the answer is in the Bible. We're not going to go deep into this in this episode. So that's a cliffhanger for you right there. <laughs> <laughs> as much as we want to get into it, we are running out of time. But we will leave you with the verse that contains the answer. It is John chapter 17, verse 17. So how do we become holy? If we look at John chapter
1: 17, verse 17, we have Jesus who's praying prior to his arrest. John chapter 17, verse 17 says, Sanctify them with the truth.
0: Your word is truth. And this is a prayer that is actually for us. And Jesus is asking God to sanctify us through the truth. The truth is God's word. And that is the answer. There you have it. Simple as that plain as that but i'm guessing this brings up more questions than it answers honestly i have a feeling (laughs) because as much as uh the answer is simple how do we apply it and how do we know what truth is? This is something that we can dive really deeply into because in John chapter 8, verse 32, Jesus tells us that the truth will set us free. What does that mean? You know, we see that all over university oh, yeah. campuses. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. But you have to ask yourself, what is that truth and how does it set us free? Next episode, we will talk about how we sanctify ourselves through the truth, through God's word and become holy. And if we have time, we'll talk about how we become free what do we become free from and i hope that in the next episode we will all become one step closer to becoming holy like our father god
1: and if you have those questions (laughs) Mm -hmm. if if they're burning (laughs) and you're here you're in arm's reach of your keyboard please keep your questions coming keep your ideas different
0: topics that you have for us keep them coming we want Mm -hmm. to
1: hear what they are
0: and if you haven't already uh, subscribed, liked, downloaded our podcast episodes or our previous episodes. Please do uh, share them with Please. your friends if you thought this was helpful. Mm. And yeah, that's all we have for today. That's it. <laughs> Next time, we will be returning with the episode of How Do We Become Holy Through the Truth? <laughs> Excited, much? Okay, that's good. <laughs> all right, so this has been TJ and Ray, and you have been, been listening, listening to Reconnect. Reconnect. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: Not bad, not bad. All right, see you, everybody. See you next time.